Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Back in the day, I thought journaling was either for those crunchy granola types or people wanting to grab a teddy bear and find their inner child. So it was something I decided early on wasn't for me, but like many things in life, I could not have been more wrong. The research has shown that journaling can reduce depression, anxiety, negative thoughts and rumination, while also boosting your immune system and your physical health. And it's the cheapest form of therapy that you'll find. I've become a convert and I want to indoctrinate you too. So today I'm going to teach you why you should be journaling and how to do it effectively. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Well, hi there. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know who I am. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I am here to talk about journaling today, which I have to tell you, I never thought I'd be here to talk about. I am your classic, you know, cynical New Yorker who, uh, you know, journaling, when I was kind of coming up, I, there were these days where this uh, wonderful man, and I, I don't mean to disparage him at all, John Bradshaw, there was like this thing he was doing with, you know, you brought like a teddy bear to group and you, you know, you did some crying and I just couldn't get behind it. Now now I see how great that all can be. I really, really do. But I think for me, journaling got kind of uh, pulled into that kind of idea um, back, you know, Saturday Night Live days here in the United States. That's a big show on Saturday nights. Uh, still going. Back in the day, there was like, you know, Stuart Smalley. I forget who did that character, but, you know, I'm okay. And Darn, dosh, garnet, I'm all right. Like just this sort of thing that for me makes me want to throw up in my mouth. It's just not my thing. You know me, right? I'm a science gal, but I am also a bit of a woo gal. I like, you know, my spiritual game is strong and I believe in all kinds of stuff. So I think I kind of came back around to journaling and thought, you know, maybe I judged it too hastily. So so now we're going to talk about it. I'm going to talk about all the research. I had done a paper years ago in school and I went, that's what 
really prompted this. I had a, a, I have many clients I give journaling prompts to. It's, um, and I'm going to give you journaling prompts too. So stay tuned because I got some journaling prompts for you also. But anyway, um, I, you know, it's something I've been talking to clients a lot about in the last couple of years. And anyway, I had gone back for a client recently and I thought, let me, because he asked for some more research on it. And I was like, oh yeah, I have a, a paper I did years ago on this. And I mean, years ago, because, you know, I'm old and went to school a while ago. But I then I, of course, had a like, oh, I have to update this research because I can't give somebody research that's only from, you know, the, the 90s or the 2000s. I need something more, you know, current. And I found tons of it. There's tons more research now. And I just thought, I have got to talk about this on the podcast. So here I am. Here I am chit-chatting. And really believe, you know, if you're not into journaling or think journaling's not for me, trust me, I've been that person. I, you know, I really want you to listen with an open heart and mind and see what you think. So, because it's really not maybe what you think it is. And there are effective ways to do it and non-effective ways to do it. And obviously I'm going to talk about the effective ways today. So, okay. So, I guess the first question then we would be asking is who who's it for? Who's journaling for, Abby? Well, I think of it like just like exercise, okay? Exercise is kind of for everybody. Let's be real. There's I mean, there's some people exercise is not for and that is true for journaling. There are some people it would not be healthy for or you know, you'll try it and it just won't stick. But like exercise, the vast majority of people are people would help. I would say that there's certain people though, just like with exercise, that it would help more than others um, in in general. You might be some just Dalai Lama, self-actualized being that I don't even know why you're listening to me then, but you might be, and this might, you might be past the journaling, you know, cause you're so badass. But uh, for many of us, <laughs> we're not past it. But I would say the people, especially if you're listening and you, have uh, are dealing with anxiety or depression. If you are struggling with negative thoughts or rumination, you know, you can't, you're kind of obsessively thinking about something or have intrusive thoughts. If you are someone coping with a past trauma, if you are someone who has difficulty with your emotions, and that could be either side, that could be someone who you don't know how to identify them, you feel like you don't have any emotions, or you have two or three emotions you relate to, or someone who maybe has what you would consider too many emotions, you know, you feel too much, either side of the spectrum, also super, super, super beneficial for. So yeah, so it's probably everybody listening, right? Okay. <laughs> so there are a ton of benefits, there's like a crap load of benefits of journaling. And I'm, I, I am, as always, I have so many, and at this especially, I've got a ton of resources because I had that that paper I did. I, you know, bought, I had new ones I'd found. So if you come over to abbymetcalf.com, go to the relationship tips and tools page or the blog page for this, uh, for sorry, or the uh, podcast page for this episode, all of the, I'm going to have a ton of resources there. If you want to go look up, <clears throat> excuse me, the research yourself, be my guest. But otherwise, you just have to believe me. So I'm not going to get deep on that right here because I, I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time and I want to get into the, the how to do it as opposed to, you know, all the research. But let me just say this. We know from the research that it reduces negative thoughts and rumination. Okay. You know, sometimes you're obsessing over something negative, but you, you know, you can't let it go. Uh, you know, that fight you have with your partner 
or and you're just thinking about it on a loop in your brain. <laughs> and the more you think about it, the worse you feel, but you can't you just can't stop thinking about it or maybe you even have intrusive thoughts that just won't stop. You know, any of this like rumination, negative thinking, whatever you want to call it, it's ruining your day, ruining your week, ruining your month, whatever. And you get more stressed and anxious the more you think about the person or the situation. You you know what I'm talking about. You know, you you feeling me right. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Because I think it's got everybody listening. This type of thinking often becomes really an unconscious habit. We just start to think in this way. And what's happening is that, you know, the reason you're thinking about it is because initially you're trying to process some negative experience and find a solution, of course, but you get caught in that negative obsessive loop and there's sort of no way out. Well, so, and you're trying to find, you know, that perfect balance between ignoring a problem and ruminating about it. Journaling, journaling. Yeah. So that's number one. So it reduces all that. Number two, and again, lots of research on it. Number two, it reduces stress and anxiety. And again, ample research showing that journaling reduces uh, stress and anxiety. And you know, those are two different things. And you know, I talk about them in previous episodes of the podcast. It also reduces depression. Many studies have shown that journaling, journaling reduces overall levels of depression, including people with diagnosed, like diagnosed with major depressive disorder. There was one study, again, it'll be linked, that uh, showed that journaling can be as effective as traditional cognitive behavioral therapy in reducing the risk of depression. It was in young adults, that study, but still. Okay. I know I have some young adults listening right now. I like to think of myself as a young adult. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. So then another benefit I know is better physical health. Who knew? Yes. Better physical health. Lots of research shows that journaling is related to lower blood pressure, less doctor visits, and greater physical well-being. I, it seems crazy. I know, but it's true. So, so what, how, how does it do all these things, Abby? There's basically, I think, kind of top, like a top three reasons why journaling works so well. The first reason <laughs> journaling works is because it helps you distance yourself a bit from your thoughts and feelings. And that, of course, helps you gain perspective. I've talked about this before, like a cognitive distan distancing or cognitive diffusion, we also call it. I know we have we have very fancy words in psychology, don't we? We do. I try not to speak in them too much, but I also, you know, want you to feel educated. And there's no reason you shouldn't. You should understand these things. They shouldn't just be words that you know, um, psychiatrists or psychologists or someone use. So, and basically, what that cognitive diffusion or distancing does is reminding you that I think I spoke about this recently on the podcast. You aren't your thoughts, and you're not your thoughts. They're not you. And it creates like a space and allows you to be more objective. So, the classic I'm feeling anxiety versus oh, I'm anxious, right? I feel anxiety uh, or I feel anxious, not I am anxious. Um, my husband is making me crazy versus I'm having the thought that my husband is upsetting me, that he's making me crazy. I'm having this thought that he's making me nuts. That is a way to distance and it's highly effective. 
we say a lot in therapy, don't believe everything you think. Journaling is going to help you do just that, not believe everything you think. So I'm going to talk a lot today about James Pennebaker, and uh, he's a social psychologist. He's at the University of Texas at Austin. I think he's like a centennial something chair. I don't know. But he's the OG, people. He is considered the pioneer of writing therapy. When I wrote my papers back in the 90s, when it was all about Pennebaker, I think his big book came out in the late 80s, like 88 or something. I'll, I'll link to the real dates. <laughs> in the show notes, but, um, and it, when it comes to expressive, expressive thought writing or whatever they used to call it, journaling, his research has shown that labeling emotions and acknowledging traumatic events when journaling has a ton of positive effects. So like all the ones I just listed, you know, decreased anxiety, decreased stress, decreased depression, better physical well-being, all the things. And he says that journaling about a traumatic event, for example, I know, so this is important because a lot of you are very interested in trauma. And again, I've talked about trauma before in the podcast. And if you're not sure if you have trauma, I have uh, an episode, which I'll link to. Uh, if you put trauma into my website on the search function, they'll all come up. I've done like three or four episodes on trauma. But one of them is you might not realize you have undischarged or unhealed trauma. So uh, I didn't always realize that I had old trauma, believe it or not. It's anyway, so that's there too. So as I'm talking, you're like, well, I don't have tra past trauma. You might. So uh, go, go take a listen. Anyway, so if you're, you know, journaling about a traumatic event, it helps you organize it in your mind which help helps you make more sense of the trauma. Our our work your working memory then improves and you can sleep better, which then improves your right immune functioning. It regulates your mood. It does all the things. It's very again, that's how it works. It's kind of freaking fascinating actually. So at Penn and Baker's research has found that journaling about traumatic or you know disturbing experiences specifically, get this has the most measurable impact on overall well-being. I like that. I know, I know. So he ha his book was called Opening Up the Healing Power of Expressing Emotion, which trust me again, I was like, ugh, you know, <laughs> those kind of titles would always turn me off, except the book is all his research, which is amazing. He's, he's truly an incredible human. Um, so in there, he had a study he talked about where they had one group who were told to write about a traumatic event, right, a traumatic experience, and another were told to write about, you know, more general kind of everyday topics. So, and the two groups did the writing for four consecutive days, so just four days. And then they came back and they revisited the groups after six weeks, and what they found was that the group that wrote about traumatic experiences reported more positive moods than the people who wrote, you know, just about the superficial kind of stuff, the superficial things happening in their lives. I know. It's amazing. And again, this research has been replicated and over and over. It's, it's kind of amazing. So, so that's reason one. The second reason journaling works is because it helps you identify and process your emotions. So even if you're one of those people who don't think you have emotions, you do. And those emotions will come out. It, it, they always do. If you don't address them, 
they're going to come out sideways. So this is the example of, you know, being angry at work and you come home and yell at your partner and kick the dog or whatever. We call that displaced anger. Uh, and it, But that's a great example of an emotion being sort of deferred to the wrong situation. And it always happens. You know it happens. You come home, just even coming home from work in a bad mood, is you now taking something that happened at work and transferring that emotion <laughs> at home. I think if you consciously thought about it, you wouldn't necessarily do it. But, you know, people, again, there's a lot of unconscious habits of thought uh, that go along with this. So what we... The, the bottom line is that we know from the research that naming emotions and accepting them reduces their kind of strength, reduces their power, which makes them easier to manage and obviously just less overwhelming overall, right? And I've, I've talked about this in other podcasts too. All right. The third reason journaling works is because it can help you cultivate gratitude and numerous studies, numerous, numerous. And I did a whole thing on gratitude and appreciation, a, a whole episode, which I'll link to. Tons of studies have shown that gratitude has a ton of ways it improves your overall well-being. It has been tied directly to improved mood, to exercising more, eating and sleeping better, and increased optimism. Yeah, just in case you weren't sure. All right, so that's sort of how it works or why it works, I should say. On a simplistic level, obviously we're not getting real, we're on the podcast here. We're not, we're not getting, I don't, I don't wanna overwhelm you with the, with the research, but I, I want you to really know that, especially to win me over, I have to tell you, <laughs> there's a lot of research that made me finally go, I need to journal. Okay, so there's different types of journaling. There are a ton of ways you can journal to make your life healthier and happier. And I'm gonna talk about really three types today that are centered on what's called therapeutic journaling. And therapeutic journaling basically means, you know, writing down your thoughts and feelings about the things that happen in your life or, or a particular topic. The, the journaling, I, I wanna say this, the journaling I'm talking about, this therapeutic journaling, is not keeping a diary. When I was a little girl, I had diaries. I loved my little diaries, right? Di this is not diary writing. When you're, when you're writing in a diary, it's more about the details of your day, right? I went to work, had plenty, had pretty good day. I came home, I made dinner, right? The writing I'm talking about, the journaling, that's a diary. You might do a food diary, right? I often will tell my clients when they're trying to improve something uh, to start tracking it. If you want to, uh, you know, figure out your if you if you're not if you're in debt or, or you're you're having trouble figuring out your money, then I'll if I have a client like that, I'll say, all right, it's time to start tracking all your spending. If I have someone who can't identify a mood, I might say, let's track your moods over the course of a day, right? If someone's having trouble with their food, you know, track your food, track your exercise. That's like a diary of things, okay? That's, you know, maybe you're even saying a feeling or the time of day or something, but that's more of a diary. That's not journaling. I just want to be clear, okay? So instead of like, you know, I woke up, I went to work, I came home, I made dinner, you, you know, journaling might be just focusing, to me, it would be focusing on one little spot of that. I, I got up late again. I'm really struggling with my sleep. Why aren't I going to bed earlier at night so I'm not so tired in the morning? What can I do to make sure I don't hit that snooze button 
you know, when I hit the snooze, I, I know it makes me more tired. And you know what? This is just part of my old self-sabotaging patterns that I'm trying to change. See where it goes. So you, you kind of often start writing about something like, oh, I can't believe I overslept again. But then you're going deeper down. And as you write, you'll start to see that like, crap, I, you know, I do this a lot where I have something I say I want to change and then I start sabotaging it. You know, what's that about? And then you might run, write about self-sabotage the next day or later or within that writing. You, it's, it's like a well, it, you know, it's sort of like going down a deeper well as opposed to over swimming across a large lake. And, and don't think you're going to drown in that well, you know, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Let's not go there, but it's, uh, let's, let's do scuba diving instead. You're scuba diving down a little deeper into those deeper depths of water. Really cool things are down there. You don't even know about, um, as opposed to sort of snorkeling on the surface, right? There you go. That's better than the well. The well makes, the well made me scared. Why are you trying to scare me, Abby? Uh, so there you go. If anybody, I scuba, is anybody scuba? Do you scuba? Scuba is fabulous. Um, I like any sport that tells me if I start breathing too hard, I should stop. Okay. That's why scuba is the best sport there is. It tell, if, if, you, if you're breathing too hard, you should slow down. <laughs> That's my kind of sport. Who's with me? Who's with me? Okay. <laughs> not Gary. You know my Gary. He, he wants to breathe hard. He's just, if he's not in a puddle almost throwing up or throwing up, he's not happy with his workout. I'm like, that's not me. Anyway, so, but I digress. So, Going deeper, think of that. Snorkeling is great. There's lots of stuff up there. It's it's very wonderful. You can snorkel all the time. But those of us who scuba will tell you, once you start scuba diving, you it's it's hard to get back to snorkeling because it's so cool to go down in those other depths where you can see other things and really be lost really in another world. I am so liking this metaphor right now. I could stay here for an hour, but I won't. Okay. So, so when you're journaling, you, you want to write about as many different emotions as you can. And you're questioning your beliefs or, you know, your habits, your habits of thought, your habits of action. And I will say this for me, I, oh, really, I th I'm going to say always, I hate to say always, but almost all the time I start my journaling and I, I recommend this to you with three things I appreciate in my life right now or two wins I had from the day before. And I'll tell you why. Because if I'm going to journal about something that's hard, like maybe, a, 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 you know, my worry about my daughter. I was a little worried about my daughter lately. And, um, you know, I was just thinking about myself and her and our relationship and what I want to do as a mom and all the things, right? And so that's a harder place to go. That is a place where I, I could feel bad, you know, I, I could not feel good. And I want to, I don't want to start already in a bad perseverating, ruminating place, right? Where all my like negative thoughts are jumping in. I want to start from like a ground zero and believe it or not, a more optimistic place is a, is a ground zero. That is our natural way in life. I know it's hard to believe, but it's, is you know, the cork floats as Abraham uh, Hicks says, who's, who spiritual teachings I follow. It's like we're little corks and the corks float and what we do is push them down. <laughs> but our natural way is to bop to the top. As soon as you stop, you know, pushing yourself down, it's like we sort of rise to the top. And I believe that. So when I 
bring myself into two wins I had the day before. I'm engaging that part of my brain, my prefrontal cortex, that's going to help me problem solve. It's going to help me think rationally. It's going to help me um, be creative. I've got my neocortex going. I got some compassion there, some appreciation, right? I Or if I'm writing about gratitudes or appreciations, you know, I like appreciations better than gratitudes. Um, and I'm really thinking like right now, I'm really appreciating that I'm, okay, I'm here in my room. I'm drinking this beautiful, wonderful tea that I love. And I'm, I'm love, I'm so lucky to be on my new laptop computer and in this quiet, beautiful space that I created, whatever, right? I get right in there and I'm grateful that I, I'm so appreciative that I woke up on time this morning and I have this time to sit and really give to myself, all of that, see where that's going. From that place now, I can start to dive into my little McCartney and what I think and what I'm, you know, going into. It's such, again, a more ground zero place to start. And I'm going to be able to think better from that place. I'm, I'm actually going to be able to go deeper from that place. And so for me, that so I, I, that's what I would recommend, that you start with one to three things you appreciate. I, I like three. And, or I'll do two wins from the day before. And I want to be clear that a win is not like, oh, I landed a multi-million dollar deal. Yeah, that's a win. But that's not what I'm talking about because those don't happen very often. And a lot of times we have trouble. I know I have trouble identifying my wins because I think that way. It has to be huge to be a win. Um, so instead, it's that, oh, you know, I woke up, I, I woke up like I said I would. I woke up on time and I got everything done in the morning. I worked out. I did these things. You know, give yourself credit for the things you do do that you do. You know, give yourself credit for that. Uh, take things out of neutral, as I've said before, and put them into the positive. It's such a great way to live and be and all the things. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure I've covered all that, why I do it. So that's that's how I start. So I do, and it takes seconds. And I journal it. Like I I write these things, the wins or the appreciations. It depends on the mood I'm in. Um okay. So then I want I you can think of using one of these three ways to go. Okay. So there's the so the wonderful Pennebaker I just was talking about. Uh, he has something called the Pennebaker Written Emotional Disclosure Paradigm. I know, doesn't that sound crazy? But here's what it is, <laughs> okay? So when you're journaling, let's say you want to start journaling, and you want to start journaling, it, it's, it's about something particularly, or you've been journaling, but you want to tackle something. This is best used when there's something particularly stressful or a traumatic event or something like that. Pennebaker outlined a clear protocol a clear protocol to do this. And that's what, again, the research shows is the most helpful. So that's what I think you should do. I think the trouble people get in is they're writing daily about a traumatic event. And that's not what you're supposed to do. So, or they're writing about it in, you know, over the, like they're taking two hours to go deep. No, you're not supposed to do any of that. He, he has, again, a clear paradigm or protocol, which consists of this. It, it, it's writing about whatever the experience is for three to five sessions over four consecutive days for 15 to 20 minutes per session. So I would think of this as like, I would, didn't, I would really think about it. I go, okay, I want to start writing about 
um, you know, something traumatic that happened. Maybe it is, again, it can be very traumatic, you know, something like, uh, God forbid, a rape or something, you know, or molestation or whatever. It could also be remembering your dad just screaming at you and telling you you're stupid. You know, that's traumatic. It could be, it could be a lot of things. Okay. So don't judge what's traumatic and what's not. It just has to be a difficult experience for you, something that you're really stuck on. So you'd think to yourself, okay, I'm here's the four days I'm going to do it. So you'd plan for this. This is planned journaling. Okay. Uh, here's the four days I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I know Mondays are hell at work and that's going to be impossible. But, and then you would have to put this in your schedule if you work, right? You'd have to, or even if you don't work, you have to put in your schedule because it's three to five sessions. So let's say you do it three times in a day for 15 or 20 minutes. That's an hour, right? Three, yeah. <laughs> Look at me doing math. Let's say you did that. 20 minutes, three times a day. And it's three to five sessions over four consecutive days. It's really important this part, okay? You So you really need to think about it and take your journal with you. And maybe you do do it at work, but you um, close your office door or you shut down your computer, you step away from your desk area and you go do it somewhere else. You could just get in a different mind frame. Don't try to like be working on an Excel sheet and just jump over into a Word document on your computer. Like, like give yourself a little space to do this. Go get a glass of water, go to the bathroom, shake it off a little, walk around the building or something, and then come and sit down. So. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. That's how you would do it. Three to five sessions over four consecutive days for 15 to 20 minutes per session. Again, come over to the website and you can see all this on the blog or on the, um, really in the research tips and tools where the blog lives. That's where you'll find the corresponding post and all this will be written out. So what's incredible is, and he's researched this quite a bit, and it's again, it's been replicated, that it's useful as a standalone tool. So it can be an adjunct to traditional therapy doing this, but it's also really effective as a standalone tool. So if you're someone who can't afford therapy or hasn't gone yet, or you're not sure about it, or if you're already in therapy, but you're not making the advances you want, this is an amazing tool to use, a very specific way to journal. Okay. The second way to journal is to use journaling prompts. And I find journaling prompts to be super helpful. For me, you know, as I'm having an effort to learn more about myself and my unconscious, you know, thoughts and beliefs about people or topics, I like to write down prompts in relation to an area I want to look at. So what I often do is if I'm thinking about my career, I'd have certain prompts. If I'm thinking about relationship, I'd have certain prompts. And I do this with clients all the time. I'll send them a list of prompts very specifically related to the thing they're struggling with. So, uh, uh, I had a client recently with like a career stuff and I had, I sent her prompts that said things like, 
I feel successful when, uh, when I think about my job, I feel, when I think about my job, I think my thoughts are, and you know, dot, 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 right. And you just go. And again, I would set the timer for, uh, I would set a timer, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you're comfortable with, and just write. Even if you're repeating what you wrote, even if you don't, try not to sit and think too much, just try to let your pen flow as much as you can. Just get into the state of it, really what that means to you. Uh, I've had other, let's say, you know, relationships come up a lot with clients, right? So I'll send them prompts that, you know, marriage means dot, dot, dot. Romance is dot, dot, dot. I feel safest in my relationship when dot, dot, dot. See where I'm going here? Yeah. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I've I got a list of journaling prompts to help you get started that you can come and download. I know, I love you. I think there's 53 on there. I might shorten it because that seems ridiculous. I might try to shorten it for you. I might not. Um, <laughs> and you would just do maybe, you know, in the morning, do one, three times a week, once a week, every day, whatever you want, you know, just do a little prompt and see what comes up. And, or go look yeah. on the internet. There's tons of them on the internet, you know, writing prompts, you'll, journaling prompts, you'll find them everywhere. These are just the ones I use most commonly with my clients that I found to be very effective. So you'd come over to the website, abbymedcalf.com, and you would uh, go to either the podcast page or the relationship tips and tools page where the journaling entry, you know, episode is, and you will see a link to download the journaling prompts. And I will tell you what's gonna happen. You're gonna put in your email so I can send it to you, and then you're gonna be on the weekly love letter. And let me just, before you go crazy and wanna, the weekly love letter is just that, it's a love letter. I'm just telling you now, it's just a love letter. I'm not, it's, there's no scam, I, I don't scam. If you haven't figured that out by now, I'm not sure what to tell you because Jesus Christ, I've been doing this a long time and really, I've never, I've never, you know, there's, we're in our fifth season, never scammed. So, I do not sell you anything. I don't send you 15,000 emails a week. I know I hate that too when I sign up for something and then I'm suddenly getting bombarded with emails. I think that's bullshit. So I don't do it. I don't do anything. I don't like being done to me. What I am doing is being a bossy Jewish mother a little bit and trying to have you get this dose of inspiration. It's just a story I tell every week. It's some little dose of inspiration or motivation. That's all it's meant to be. It's it's a way that I think about things. And so, you know, if you like the podcast, I'm telling you, you're going to like the love letter. People love the love letter. <laughs> it's a, I've got a huge list. It just goes out every week. The only time if I, when I do come out with new books or other things, you get a discount code for it. I do that. But again, I'm not going to bombard you with emails. Like, so because you're on the list, you get a discount code when things happen. It, I think that's only wonderful. So I'm just being straight up. That's what it is. That's what it's about. If you don't want to be on said list, or if you're, if don't worry, if you're already on the list, you're not going to get on twice, you know, by putting it in again. If you're already on, you already love it. Just put it in again. The, the, the program we use can figure out, unless you use a different email. So just try to use the same one. If you use five different emails, you'll get five different ones because it's not that smart. So, <laughs> and if you don't like it, guess what? Read it once, check it out, and then just unsubscribe. It's right on there. It's not hidden. It's not hard to unsubscribe. 
Just it's right on the list. Just unsubscribe and we'll take you right off. How do you like that? Isn't that the love? That's the love. It, and I won't even know. There's many thousands of people on that list. You're not going to get a black mark. You're still going to be able to listen to the podcast. I'm just really trying to help you get into a great place. And this comes out once a week. If you're listening once a week and you had the love letter once a week, it seems like two really wonderful ways to feel motivated and excited about your life. That's all a girl is trying to do. That's all a Jewish mother is trying to do, okay, is is get you to that place. All right. So get the list. Don't get the list. It's up to you. All the prompts. But I love the prompts. The third way I like to journal a lot, and again, this is all just in addition to regular kind of therapy, you know, where you just write about, I guess, you're I just don't want you to do the diary thing where you're sort of writing about your day endlessly. It's again, the research doesn't show that that's really helpful. You, at the very least, just do a few gratitudes for the day or appreciations or some wins and and stop there. That's fine. That's journaling. But the third way I like is if you're, it's it's the old switching shoes with someone. And basically I use this type of journaling when, so I gave you, right, one type of journaling to when you have a trauma or something very specific that you're trying to sort of get past. I gave you this, the journaling prompts to help you go deeper, uncover unconscious thoughts and beliefs. And now I'm talking about when you're upset with someone, this is like a regular upset. This isn't like a past trauma. This is, you know, you had a big fight with your partner, your mom, your boss, uh, and you just can't seem to kind of move on from this issue this kind of journaling can be a really great way to go. So you might start with some straight therapeutic journaling again. And if that doesn't get you there, what you want to do is this. You want to try to journal from the other person's perspective. So, you know, what we, is this a little idiom in all countries? Let me know. Putting the shoe on the other foot. Uh, that's, that's how we talk about this. You know, put yourself in someone else's shoes. We, we use that here in the United States. Um, and Canada. I've heard it in Canada too. I'm sure other places. Do you do it in Australia? Australia, shout out, number two country that downloads this podcast. How do you like that? You beat out like Canada and the UK. Hello. Unbelievable. Actually, all of Great Britain. Um, so thank you, Australians. I don't know what we all have in common. I, I like it though. I'm down. I'm going to come visit again. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> and Canada and, and 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 UK and the rest of you, come on, and Sweden, everybody, get it, come on, get share with your friends. Uh, but I do love my listeners from all over the world, so thank you. Uh, so putting the shoe on the other foot, writing from the other person's perspective. When you journal from someone else's point of view, you're really better able to create what we're looking for, right? Some empathy, some compassion for the other person. And maybe even have a better understanding of their motivations, which is really what happens and why I do it. So I can better understand how to approach them next. I, I, I'm telling you, this really does work. I've used it many, many times when I'm feeling, you know, I've tried the regular kind of journaling and I'm not getting where I want to go. I'm not finding relief with a person. And I'll do this. I'll put it on the other foot. I journal to, you know, what they're thinking about the situation or whatever they said. And I really will find often their motivation or what I think it is. And we have much better discussions afterwards. It generally kind of loosens the 
the hold that that has had. So, sorry, I was distracted. I just, I have a fabulous sweater if you're not watching me on YouTube. It's my, my favorite Kate Spade sweater. Just want to talk about it. It's very nice. Anyway, I just got distracted because it's shiny. I was like, what is that? It got, it came in off the window. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so, but come over to YouTube. And if you're over there, subscribe. And I know, just subscribe to the channel. How great to watch me do the podcast. I don't know why some people like it, but God bless you. Come on over. So I have found this though to be super helpful in moving a situation from stuck to at least some movement, I should say. It doesn't always resolve it, but I feel like it moves it. All right, those are the three types. So how often should you journal? That's, I'm trying to give all the questions I get asked. How often should you journal? I say this, journaling shouldn't feel like a chore and it should feel helpful. It, when I think sometimes people journal too much, I find they end up getting more upset and ruminating more on something. You're not, then it's not good. Then start with Pennebaker's method or start with just a few minutes again of writing down a win, an appreciation, a gratitude, a gratitude and go from there, okay? So there is no one answer to how often you should journal. It's really, you know, the Pennebaker model is very specific for four days, four consecutive days. Uh, other kinds of journaling. I don't journal every day. I definitely don't. Um, some weeks I do. Some weeks I'm journaling every day. Other times I'll go weeks without journaling and then I'm back to it. Uh, then it's sometimes a few times a week. It's really should be helpful. If it's not helpful, don't do it. You know, try it out. Try to push yourself a little. Try the different types I've given you. Uh, but you know, sometimes even for me when it is helpful most of the time, and then there's just times where I just don't, I don't know, I don't feel like it. I don't want to do it. Um, I have something I'm resolving another way. I have, uh, maybe I'm doing more meditation that day. Maybe prayer is helping me more or something else. I don't know. It, it's just, it's one of the arrows in my quiver. You know what I mean? It's one of the things I use. It's not something that's the only thing I use, but that's up to you. I have some clients who journal every single day and love it. So God bless. It's whatever works for you. I know there's no wrong way. Who knew? Then I always get asked, how should I journal? Is it more effective to write versus type or whatever? And there is no one right way to journal. Okay. There's not. I recommend, there's no research showing that if you write, it's better. If you do this, it's better. There's really not. There, there's a little bit to say that if you handwrite something, there's some different parts of your brain that get involved, but really don't worry about that right now. I recommend experimenting and seeing what works for you. I, I am one of those people who loves to buy a special notebook. <laughs> I love those damn special notebooks. By the way, I have special notebooks on the website, on the shop page, if you want to get something really cool and uh, support your friend, Abby Metcalf. You can buy journals on my website. And I use those journals because it's the exact size I like that I can carry around and it's spiral. I hate the journals that don't have a spiral, like where you can't like fold them completely over. It makes me crazy. So uh, of course I create some journals that I like. How do you like that? So buy, I don't care where you buy, you know, <laughs> buy if you like doing that, but I love those special journals. It's my thing. Um, but you can write on your laptop, get out a full Word document if you want. You can tap out notes on your phone. You could, uh, you could journal out loud. You could get a recording app on your phone or something and, and talk into it. 
Uh, you could try writing with your non-dominant hand. People do that, you know, write with your non-dominant hand, see what happens. You can journal in pictures or graphics. I know there's a word for this. I apologize. In business, it's becoming very popular and I'm totally, it's just escaping me, but there's people who actually get hired to do this, to take notes from the meeting in graphic form, um, as opposed to in other note form, because people think in different ways. You can do that. Party on, get out your iPad, whatever. You can do it any way it works best for you. I like that. I would say that what's most important is to make sure you have uninterrupted time. That is the only thing I care about. Do not try to journal with your kids running in and out of the room, with the dog like staring at you because he has to go walk, with, you know, uh, at work where you're, you know, your notifications are dinging, you know, and you're just, you're getting distracted. Put yourself, when I'm journaling, like at home, I don't have, I, that's another reason I like to use a notebook is I, all my electronics are out of the room. I, I can't be distracted by anything else. I am just in that space and I'm up early before anyone else is up. I like to make my tea. I sit on the couch, you know, I've worked out, I've showered, I've done my thing. I'm really ready. That's when I, if I'm journaling, that's when it's done. And other times, actually I shouldn't say it, sometimes, most of the time that's when it's done. Other times I wait till I get to the office because then I know for sure because you know, people sometimes do wake up early or the, you know, animals can bug you or whatever. So when I'm in my office, I know. And then I sit, if you're, if you're watching me on YouTube, you can see I have chairs behind me. So I don't sit at my desk. I sit in one of the chairs in the back of my office. I put my feet up even, or I have my little notebook out and I write there. I do not sit at my desk and do it. Again, I'm trying to separate, I'm trying to create some sort of, I don't know, sacred space. I hate that word. Uh, but like a little space that feels, um, you know, like I can, like I have muscle memory, can kind of get into the moment. So that's what's most important, uninterrupted time, even if it's five minutes, even if you're even journaling for two minutes with like three wins or something or two wins from yesterday, do it when you're not distracted. Do it, like, I don't care if it's only two minutes, but make it too very focused, fully intentional, fully conscious, fully mindful, here and now minutes. Okay. And I'm going to end with a few caveats I have to journaling, a few warnings about journaling. I, I know in the beginning I said journaling is for everyone, like exercise, but I did say almost everyone. Journaling isn't necessarily for every single person. There's people who have very serious uh, mental health issues. Journaling is not a good idea. Um, there would have to be a very serious issue, okay? So um, narcissists aren't known for doing great journaling, <laughs> borderline personality disorder, um, any kind of severe thought disorder, um, you know, maybe a super severe depression where you can't even kind of bring yourself out. So I do want you to be, uh, you know, you can try it, but if you notice it's not helpful after a couple times or if you feel much worse after, stop. Don't don't force it. Don't be like, well, Abby said it has to work for everybody. No, I didn't. And no, it doesn't. So I would say, so therapeutic journaling works when it, how you know it's working is because you have a deeper understanding of yourself and your world. If that's not happening, move on to something else to improve your situation. So don't give up on your situation, but go to therapy or try a different kind of therapy. Go to EMDR, try, try DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Try something else. 
um, you know, don't just give up. But that that is in a, in, in a f- f- very rare cases. Like I'm trying to think of all the clients I've had. I, I can't even think of any where, who didn't like didn't didn't think journaling helped. But I'm talking to you know many hundreds of thousands of people when I'm doing the podcast, so it's very different. Uh, and I want to make sure you know that you know I'm talking to you too. Okay. The other thing, and this is controversial for some, but here we go. Never reread your entries. Don't look back. Don't go back in your journal. Don't look back over a painful entry you wrote about a trauma from your past. And don't read again what you wrote about your ex when you were deeply in love with them. No. When you're done with a journal, shred it, delete it, burn it. I don't care. I don't know why people hold on to journals for so long. I've never quite understood the you know, attraction to that. First of all, other people get a hold of it. You don't really want other people reading this. Um, I would say that too. If you have kids in your house, you should you should hide your journal well. They'll read it. Kids will read it. Teenagers will read it. Not little kids, but teenagers will read it. Teenagers snoop when we're not home. They do, trust me. Even my fabulous children, I know they've snooped. I've seen things put in the wrong place. I've checked, I know. Um, so I'm really careful with that kind of stuff. You know, If they wanna look at my nightstand drawer and see the vibrator, good luck. You know, That's just gonna traumatize you, not me. I'm, I'm happy about my vibrators and my sex toys, but you might look and be very offended. Uh, so <laughs> I don't care about that shit, but my private thoughts, I care about. So I do tend to take, I have left my journals here in the office before I, I'll take them back and forth. And that that's when I was saying earlier, I started journaling more in my office because I didn't want to leave my journal at home where Gary will never read it. He doesn't care. But your teenagers do. They, they, they're snoopy. Um, I know and you're thinking right now, not mine. Yes. If you have teenagers in the house, they've looked for it if it's around. And if it's just out in the open, they've absolutely read it. So um, at least once or twice. So just know that. I I say get rid of it, but I really don't want you reading back over a traumatic event or reading back over the love you used to be in. It's There's no good can come of it. No good, none at all. So get rid of it. And the other thing, uh, the other caveat is don't write every, I've said this already, I just want to really drive it home. Don't write every single day about a traumatic um, event or a traumatic ex- or a negative experience. Again, use Pennebaker's paradigm instead. Okay. And if you've, ju- okay, one last thing, <laughs> one really last thing. I'm not kidding around anymore. Okay. And if you've journaled and feel like it helped, but you, you know, you, you're missing that elusive closure, which there is no closure. I talked about this in a previous episode. Uh, search for closure on my website, you'll find it. Or closure on YouTube, if that's where you're watching me and my name, Abby Metcalf, you'll find it. If that's happened, you, you've done it, it's it's improved. Like you feel better about your mom or better about your fight with your partner or whatever, but you're just not quite there. Then what I tell people to do, what I generally assign my clients is I'll have them journal one of two things or both. What did I learn from this situation, this person, what did I learn? What did I take away? You know, I always say make help let your your past should make you better, not bitter, right? I always say that. So do I always say it? I say it sometimes. Um so I'll write, I'll have people write that. What did I and I do it myself. What did I learn from this? And I I'm gonna say again, like 
I don't want someone who was, you know, raped as a child to say, oh, what did I learn from that? Like, give me a fucking break. Okay. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in general, you know, you've done a lot of work. You're almost there. Like, again, like a fight with your spouse or something. I'm not talking about serious old school traumatic events here. Just want to be clear. We don't, we don't, we don't pretend that a, the seven-year-old who's father has raped them should should think about what they learned okay that that's crap uh but i'm hoping you get where i'm going here okay i just sometimes people write in they're like but what about me and they have this like way out there kind of outside of the norm situation and i i kind of think it's a given when i'm talking that those things aren't included but i you write in so you must not think that so i want to say that out loud okay all right, the other journaling prompt I have is the you know one I like to say a lot. Since life is happening for me, not to me, how else can I see this, you know, this person or this situation or this whatever? That's the other way I'll go. Again, I'm close to kind of resolving something, but I can't quite find it. Again, the putting yourself in the other person's shoes usually helps here too. Just you want it, you know, you want to get it feeling as resolved as possible. And I understand that. Um, and as always with anything, if you cannot get to the place, you, you really got to get a therapist. You, you have to get a professional to work with. Um, I'm, I'm begging you, you know, that that is needed for many situations. But the journaling is really like, again, the research shows an incredible option, augment to regular therapy or a thing that can stand alone. If when you do it, again, kind of as it's been shown to be effective from the research, you know, so don't listen closely to everything I say <laughs> or come back and read the blog later so that you can see very specifically what I'm talking about and maybe even go read his books or go look at the research yourself and really make sure that you're feeling clear because I've said this before and I'll end, you know, mental health is one of those things that's uh, sort of poo-pooed, you know, people go on the internet and they Google something and they're like, oh, I got it, you know, and we don't do that with physical health in the same way. I mean, to some degree we do. I know you got some bump on your arm or something and you look it up on the line and decide what, what you have, but eventually, generally, you go to a doctor if you're not sure. And But people, for some reason, do this with mental health all the time. They diagnose themselves. They decide they know. I've, I've watched some videos and I've, you know, listened to Abby's podcast, so I'm positive. And it's like, mm, my podcast, I know, is to me one of the more helpful places because I am going to give you the research and you can go look and see what fits and what doesn't. But at some point when things aren't helping, you, you need help. We all need help sometimes. That's outside of what I can give you here. This is not meant to substitute for the kind of therapy you might need. Um, so there. Okay. I'm just going to end there. And that's it for today. We did it. We have... I have gone there. I've gone deep on journaling. I hope you got a lot out of today. I hope you feel, you know, come on over and download the uh, journaling prompts. I really believe they'll help you and uh, they're as they're meant to. And I, as always, I want to end by telling you that I'm grateful to be here with you. I'm so appreciative, so deeply, deeply appreciative of our time together. I... I feel really like just the luckiest person in the world all the night, just so often. Thank you for your kind, kind words. I love your emails telling me that, 
the podcast has helped you. I love your reviews. Please leave those too. I read them all. I just had a few new ones, which were beautiful. It's a great way to help me. We're in a relationship, so please do that. Um, and regardless of anything, just know that I love you. I really love you. I, I, I feel you here with me when I do this and it's a beautiful connection. My voice is getting hoarse because I start to cry. It's a beautiful connection that I deeply appreciate and um, honor. So thank you. Have an amazing week. I love you. And I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.